But we're going to get into the Word of God. Are you ready for the Word today? Acts chapter 15. Amen. We're going to begin with verse 12 and read about seven verses to get started today. Amen. If you don't have a Bible in your hand, amen. We have the scriptures on the wall for you this morning. But amen. Ask everybody to stand as the Word declares. Amen. Praise the Lord as an act of amen. Reverence to the Word of God. Amen. Acts chapter 15, verse 12. You've got it. Say amen. Amen. Then all the multitude kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought and their peace. James answered, saying, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simeon hath declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles and take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophets as it is written. After this I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David which has fallen down. I will build again the ruins thereof and I will set it up that the residue of men might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith Lord, who doeth all these things. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. Hallelujah. They're going to bless these shofars, and we just want you to give the Lord some praise for his word today. Come on, let's bless him. One more time. So there was a need to send Paul and Barnabas there, amen, in the flesh. 
Their, their teaching had to do with salvation itself. Amen. It had to do with how one is made right with God. It wasn't just a difference of opinion that they were going to dispute. This wasn't just, amen, a difference in, amen, an idea or a belief, if you will. But this had to do with salvation itself, which was the very foundation of a relationship with God. Amen. The very purpose, amen, that Jesus. Jesus came. And so it wasn't just a matter of a disagreement among believers, amen, but some were believing, amen, that you must be under the law, and others were believing that it was not important. So it wasn't just, amen, a, a, a disagreement that, well, uh, we believe that some should be under the law, and we believe that it's not important. It wasn't a matter of, amen, schematics. It was it actually had to do with salvation itself. This is the core of Christianity. I use Christianity lightly, but I use it today in context of it was in the book of Acts that the first time a man that the, the apostles were called Christians. We see the word Christian for the first time in the book of Acts as the apostles went out and began a man to preach and teach the gospel. So I use it today in the context, amen, as the apostles were known as Christians. This was the very core of Christianity. It was the very core of what, amen, they were teaching. And can I, can I tell you that Satan wanted false doctrine, amen. He wanted that false doctrine of righteousness, amen, by works to succeed. Because you see, amen, if, you, if they were teaching, amen, that they had to become Jews before they could become Christians. They were teaching that if you were a Gentile and you weren't a Jew, that you first must be circumcised according to the law, which established you as a Jew before you could, amen, accept, amen, Jesus Christ or be saved. So now you've got to understand these were Jewish Christians. These weren't just Jews. These were Jews who had believed upon Jesus Christ. And so uh, they were they were teaching them, Amen, that 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 the righteousness was of works, Amen. And so Satan wanted this false doctrine of righteousness by works to succeed. How many knows that that false doctrine is still in play today yeah. within the body of Christ, within what yeah. we know in the scope of the church, Amen. As the body false doctrine is still there that we are saved by works. There are people that are sitting in here today, I'm yeah. convinced, that are trying to work their way to Jesus. They're trying to work their way to approval by the Lord Jesus Christ. They're trying to work their way amen, to feel like that they have gained amen, access to the Lord that they yeah. might be deemed worthy to be called a Christian and to hopefully make it to heaven. Can I get an amen, amen. in this place? Hallelujah. But even if this doctrine of righteousness by works, this false doctrine did not succeed, amen, he wanted that bitter, amen, doctrinal war, amen, to begin to split the church. So even if it wasn't successful, he wanted to have a division in the church, amen, so that the church could not grow and that it could not prosper. How many knows that the enemy, amen, 
drives in division. Amen. If a home is divided, it shall not stand. Hallelujah. If a marriage is divided, it will not prosper. This is why the Bible teaches not be unequally yoked. Amen. Because that kind of situation, hallelujah, will bring failure and collapse. Amen. Ultimately in the end. And so uh, the enemy wanted, if nothing else, he wanted there to be division. Hallelujah. But listen, amen. You've got to understand that as they're telling and they're teaching, Stay with me, I'm laying a foundation. Amen. As they are teaching there at Antioch this false doctrine of righteousness by works. And can I just say here, there's nothing you can do, there's nothing you have to do to earn salvation. Jesus Christ already paid the penalty for your sins. Hallelujah. It's not good, no, not one. Come on. Hallelujah. So you do not have to achieve a man or reach a certain place, a man to earn your salvation. And so this negative, this false doctrine they were teaching, a man, it made a negative judgment on all that Paul and Barnabas had been teaching. Everything that Paul and Barnabas had been doing in their missionary works, now here are these Jewish Christians putting a negative judgment upon Paul and Barnabas. So now Paul and Barnabas are teaching, hallelujah, amen, because you you, you see they had founded, amen, churches among the Gentiles by this time, they had founded churches among the Gentiles, amen, without bringing them under the law of Moses. And so now, here they are establishing churches among the Gentiles. A Gentile is anyone who is not, amen, born a Jew, amen. So uh, all of those who were not born into the Jewish bloodline, amen, is a Gentile. So Paul and Barnabas had founded churches among these Gentiles, amen, and without bringing them under the law of Moses. Amen. And so here's what they were saying. They were saying Jesus saves us, but only after we have done all to keep the law of Moses. So this is what these Jewish Christians were essentially saying, that they weren't weren't denouncing salvation, but they were saying that you are not saved until you have done all to keep the law of Moses. But then who is coming and teaching that one can only be right with God on the basis of what Jesus did. Amen. So one can only be considered righteous by God on the basis of what Jesus did. They're saying Jesus will save you, but only after you keep all the law of Moses. Paul's saying that, amen, you're saved not on your own merit. Amen. Paul went on to say that, amen, you keep the law. The law is, amen, not able to keep you. Somebody help me in this place. Hallelujah. Amen. So many that were opposing this, understand, had been Pharisees. And so the Pharisees were the sect of of Jews who, amen, were experts in the law. Paul himself used to be a Pharisee. Amen. So they knew the law and they believed, amen, emphatically before Jesus came that, amen, that in order to have a right relationship with God, it was by keeping the 
the law imperfect. But how many knows that we do not have the power to keep the law of Moses? Come on, say, help me. This is why Jesus came. Amen. And so, listen. Paul is teaching them, amen, that the pagans could not add Jesus to their, uh, to their pantheon of Roman gods. Uh, Paul's going in to these pagan worshipers and he's saying, uh, listen, you can't just uh, say that you believe in Jesus uh, and that Jesus is just another way to get to God and then add him to your list of, of Roman gods. You have to denounce all of those pagan gods and you have to believe and accept Jesus
He knew Jesus was his salvation, not just the way to his salvation. Jesus became him when he hung on the cross. Come on, somebody. He bore the weight of the curse of sin upon his fleshly body. And he felt the weight to where he was wounded for our sins. So every soul wound that you have in you was healed by the blood of Jesus. Come on, somebody, do you hear it? The healing for your wound, amen, is in the blood of Jesus. So Paul knew that Jesus was his salvation, not the way to his salvation. The truth of the life. He's the way of God, but He is my salvation. He is the deliverance. Hallelujah. Salvation means deliverance. It is an ongoing act. It is not something that you get once and then everything is cool, but it is an ongoing thing. It is something that continues, something that you grow in, and something that you mature in. Amen. So if I can say it like this every day I get up, I just keep getting delivered. Every day that I get up, I just keep getting set free. Every day that I get up, Hallelujah. I just make more room for God. Amen. I cast out everything that ain't like Him. I drive out everything in my mind and my life that isn't like Him. And I make room for the Lord. Hallelujah. So I got delivered this morning. Amen. Praise God. I'm in the process of being delivered right now. But when I get up tomorrow, hallelujah, it's going to continue. There is more of God. If you want more of His presence in your life, you Start in there. You can't do this, 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 and that. If it 
this, 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 and that ain't in the heart. Come on, somebody. You can't accomplish this, this, and that. I don't care what you do. I don't care how much effort you do. If your heart is not circumcised and the flesh is not pulled back in your heart and life is not exposed, if you are not, amen, surrendering yourself to the Lord, hallelujah, you can do all of those outward things. You can do all the works that you want to, but it's not going to give you the blessing that belongs to those Amen. who obey. Yes. Right. Amen. If the heart is sinful, then the outward circumcision is to no avail. Oh, hallelujah. I said if the heart is sinful, then the outward circumcision is of no avail. The true children of Abraham, because you know that was always the argument. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. Abraham's our father. We are the children of Abraham. So are you and I. We all the children of Abraham if we are under the covenant of the Lord. Amen. So two children of Abraham, two children of God are those who follow Abraham's example of believing God. Abraham was not even a Jew. He was a Hebrew. That means he crossed over. That's what Hebrew means, a crossing over. He crossed over. He was not even born a Jew, but yet he's the father of the Jews. Come on, somebody. Do you understand how God is so intricate? So believing God. And so it was there that Peter rose up. Good old Peter. Some things never change. <laughs> Peter had been converted and he rose up. But, but he rose up and he began speaking about some history. He began recounting the work that God had already done. With the he began to talk about he, how that, that God acknowledged the Gentiles. Paul or Peter said, God acknowledged the Gentiles as his own when he gave them the Holy Spirit. Like he did us. Come on. He said, God acknowledged the Gentiles when he put the Holy Spirit in them like he did all of us who are sitting here. Peter said, the heart is purified by faith, not by keeping the law. So we are saved by faith. We have to put our faith in what Jesus did. Grace is the... Amen is what we receive when we, amen, believe it. But we are saved by faith, but we can take it a step further and that we are purified by faith. We are made righteous by faith. Come on, somebody, do you understand me? Hallelujah. Praise God. So, so uh, uh, we are not just saved by faith, but we're purified by faith. It's by faith that I believe. That I'm justified. That's right. And my obedience in that faith is an acknowledgement and a witness and a testimony that I believe. And the fruit of my obedience is the witness that what I believe is what Jesus said and that the word is real. Come on, somebody. Do you understand? Hallelujah. My faith is a witness that I believe. 
Yes. So we are not, we, I, I can't be purified. Hallelujah. Thank God. Can you imagine, do you realize what kind of weight that is? That's why the church struggle and they're weary and they get tired and they get discouraged and they get burnt out and they get a mind to the place that they just feel like quitting because they yep. feel like they can never arrive. Yep. That's a lot of weight to put upon yourself. Now, the weight that you feel of that, think of the weight of the sins of the whole world and all of humanity upon Jesus at that time. No wonder, as we preached a couple of weeks ago, amen, when he was in the garden and he took that third, amen, step into that pressing, that third pressing, hallelujah, his sweat were as it were great drops of blood. That's a lot of weight. That's a lot of pressure to put on a person. And the law set the stage and the law set and brought realization to what sin was. Listen, the Jews didn't even know what sin was until the law came. And there's a lot of that's a lot of weight to try to take that on yourself. So you gotta let Christ bear that penalty. And put your faith in the Believe in the truth that Jesus bore that faith for you. That's right. And before you ever sinned, he carried that sin upon him. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? And each time we fail, Jesus already bore the weight of that sin. All we have to do is repent and lay it aside and let him continue Oh, come on, somebody. Do you hear me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what repentance is. It's turning away from yes. going the opposite. Yes. It's not saying I'm sorry. It's not being sorry. It's not saying please forgive me. It's deciding that this is not the way. So I'm going to turn from it and purpose to not go back. But should I go back, faith, yeah. a man in the truth, allows me grace. And if I fall and I repent, that grace says I'm right. still considered Yes. And then when that reaches its 
limit, you've got to have more. You might add more to it. You might add another drug. You might add a different alcohol. You might add alcohol to the drugs. You might add all these. You understand what I'm saying? But you're never going to be satisfied. Jesus came to bring freedom from sin. Saved by faith, but we're purified by faith. Yep. So, so, so here's what here's what Peter said. He said, "Don't be tested, God." Now. Peter said, "Don't test God by putting a yoke on them that even our fathers couldn't bear." Come on now, come on. Understand that yeah. for somebody that knew so much about the law and about Moses and about the history, they should have realized that they weren't able to do it. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? Up now, rise and fall. And fall. Yep. They get it right. God raised up a judge. They do good. They fall. Amen. He raised up another judge. They do good for a bit. They fall. He raised up another judge. They do good for a little bit. They fall. Amen. They should. They really didn't know their history very well. Hallelujah. They would have realized, amen, that their fathers were not able to bear it. And Jesus now, come that you could, amen, praise God, walk in the truth of the law. Amen. Because he didn't come to do away with it, but he come to fulfill it. That's right. Amen. He amen. come to, amen, bring it. Amen. To life. Amen. So he said, don't be testing God by putting a yoke on these Gentiles that even our fathers were not able to bear. Amen. So then Paul and Barnabas begin to seek him again. And, and I love it because the Bible says that, the, that they grew silent. Get that. They didn't try to argue. Ooh, can we have a few more meetings like that? <laughs> Imagine what it would have been like if Facebook would have been around then. <laughs> yeah, it'd have been really interesting. <laughs> Every one of us is a keyboard warrior. Either in our head or on the screen. Come on. Whether your fingers whether your fingers do the typing or not, your mind does the talking. Come on. Come on, you telling somebody off somewhere in your head. Mm-hmm. Ah, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So 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 Paul and Barnabas. Amen. The Bible says that it got quiet when Peter began to speak. And then after Peter got done speaking, it got quiet again. And while they were quiet, Paul and Barnabas now began to tell them about how many miracles and wonders that God had done through them among the Gentiles. So they were trying to get them to understand something. If you're saying that these Gentiles, that these Christians, these Gentile Christians are not accepted by God and they're not worthy, how is it that God is performing all of these miracles and these signs and wonders among them? How is it that they are walking in the Spirit? They are speaking in tongues. How is it that they are being, come on somebody, do you hear me? How is it when they gather together, hallelujah, that the presence of, of the Holy Spirit is among them? Hallelujah, he's worked among them. But then, hallelujah, I'm going, about to get to where I'm going. But you never say, stay with him. Stay with him. Then James, this was not the apostle James, this was James, the half-brother of Jesus, the brother of Jude. Listen to me. He said, listen to me. He said, Peter was testifying what the prophets had already spoken. He was referring to the book of Amos chapter 9. 
verses 11 and 12 specifically. He said, Peter has testified. Peter was simply testifying of what the prophets had already spoken. Oh, come on, somebody. Do you hear me? Because what God, what did I say? Amen. In verse 18. Pull up verse 18 again. Hallelujah. Amen. James talking here. I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's all right. I'm going to go there, go back, go back again, probably. He said, God did not all of his works from the beginning of the world. So before you guys were even here and had the notion about the law, before anybody even knew the law, God already had these Gentiles in mind that he had already established that they were going to be part of can I say it in hillbilly terms? Ain't no matter what you think about me. Ain't no matter what I think about you. Ain't no matter who says you can't this, you can't that. Ain't no matter who says you ain't worthy, that you're not able to have the ability to do this. Ain't no matter who says that by the church bylaws, that by the religious denominational barriers, you can't preach, you can't sing, you can't do. Hallelujah. Can I tell you gifts and callings of God are without repentance? Amen. From the Hebrew into the Greek, we understand. 
Hallelujah. You're talking about he, he went into a nation which is a Gentile. Hallelujah. To pull out of them a people which is a Jew. That don't make sense. Hallelujah. But he went into a nation. Nations were Gentiles. Amen. The nations, when the Bible says all the nations will bow before him. Amen. And the nations that came against Israel. Hallelujah. That's just simply, amen, like Gentiles. And so he went into the Gentiles to make out of the Gentiles a people. Oh, the Loel. Oh, come on. Ain't nobody his people, but oh, somebody help me. Are you understanding me? Hallelujah. That's why there ain't going to be a corner for the Baptists. There ain't going to be a corner for the Methodists. There ain't going to be a pew. Amen. In heaven. Hallelujah. For the first United Baptist Church of God and prophesying. Hallelujah.
his eyes, but his heart failed. But when he came to himself, his heart was after God. He was a man after God's heart. So in other words, God, what, what, what pleases your heart, what makes your heart beat, let me be the beat of your heart. Let me be the blood pressure that establishes the beats of your heart. Yeah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Do you understand me? Yeah. David was a man after God's heart. And God was going to establish the bloodline of the Messiah through David. Now, we know, good Lord have mercy, David's great-grandmother was a harlot. It all came down. Listen, you understand that? You understand? You understand the bloodline of the Messiah that God had established I'm going somewhere. And so God anointed David and he set him apart. That no matter where he went and no matter what he done, it was because of that anointing that David stayed in that place. He anointed David and he set David apart. Now let's look at 2 Samuel chapter 7. A few verses of scripture here. Verses 5 through 16. So bear with me. Touch your neighbor's here with Pastor. Bear with Pastor. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to show you something. That when God says something, ain't a devil out of hell. Well, come on. Able to change. Amen. That's right. Amen. And he said to Nathan, Go and tell my servant David, Thus saith the Lord, Shall thou build me a house for me to dwell in? Whereas I have not dwelt in any house since the time that I brought up the children of Israel out of Egypt, even to this day, but have walked in a tent tabernacle. In all the places wherein I have walked with all the children of Israel, say I a word with any of the tribes of Israel whom I commanded to feed my people Israel, saying, Why build you not me a house of cedar? You hear that? God saying, In all the places, all the time that I walked with them, did I, did I ask them, Why haven't you built me a house? Now, therefore, so shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheep coat, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people, over Israel. And I was with thee whithersoever thou went, and have cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight, and have made thee a great name, like unto the name of great men that are in the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, Jesus, help me, and will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. I want to shout right there. Neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them anymore as before time. Look, somebody say things are about to change. Things are about to change. And since the time that I command the judges to be over my people Israel and have caused thee to rest from all thine enemies, also the Lord tells you that he will make thee a house. And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, and I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Amen. Uh -huh. I will be his father, he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men, and with the stripes of the children of men. Hold on. 
But mercy shall not depart away from him as I took it from Saul, whom I put away before thee. Hold on, hold on, here's the climax. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever. Before thee, thy throne shall be established forever. Somebody, you better give the Lord a shot. My goodness, my goodness. Amen. Talk about grace. Can I put that in hillbilly terms? Hallelujah. That bloodline is going to mess up. Hallelujah. But my mercy and my grace will not permit me to break my covenant with with thee. And out of your bowels, I will bring forth one who will establish the kingdom forever. Oh, come on, somebody help me. And it will not ever That's right. Hallelujah. But he didn't sit on his hands. Come on. 
Are you with me? Hallelujah. His sword couldn't be exchanged for a, tri a trial. He couldn't exchange the sword for a saw. He couldn't exchange the sword, amen, to build a house for tools to build the house. Hallelujah. He didn't sit on his hands. So what did he do? He had all the supplies ready. Solomon to build it. Oh, come on, somebody. Can you hear me? I said he knew that he couldn't do it, but he didn't sit on his hands. Amen. God said you can't trade your sword for a trial. You can't build me a house. But, but then we see that the, that the kingdom was divided after Solomon began to reign. Solomon took wives and concubines. After God said not to. Now really, any man in his right mind. And I don't mean this ugly, I don't mean this derogatory, but come on. Yeah. Same for you wives. Who wants five husbands? Who wants, who wants to be a sister wife? Who wants it? <laughs> Lord have mercy, Jesus. 20 kids are married. Sometimes I think we, we misplace it. Amen. I'm, I'm not saying and Solomon. See, Solomon was the wisest man. The Bible tells us he was a man of wisdom. But in all of his wisdom, he missed some favor because he relied on his wisdom. And not on the wisdom of God. Because you know why he had so many wives and concubines? It wasn't that he was such a, 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 a lustful man. It was because he took them to form treaties with other nations. Yeah. And this is what God said. You can't do that. Come on, Pastor You can't. You can't take treaties and make treaties with these nations. Remember, these are Gentile. These are pagan worshippers. These are people. And so we took wives and concubines out of these nations to form treaties with these nations because he relied on his own wisdom, thinking this was going to build the kingdom. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. But God said not do that. But he relied on. Guess what? This did not stop God's covenant. Nope. Amen. That's right. That's my point. It did not stop God's covenant. Hallelujah. Because God had a plan. Yes. Are you hearing me? I want somebody to know today that God had a plan. Because God's covenant wasn't dependent on obedience. That's Come right. on. Do you hear me? It yes. wasn't dependent on the people's works. Hallelujah. Whether or not they were his covenant was still standing. Our son yeah. being misplaced. Are you with me? And no matter how much you mess up, I'm not saying that you have permission to sin. You can't go out here and willfully sin, willfully break. Amen. Your relationship with the Lord. But if you do, somebody understand that. But amen. What I'm trying to tell you is it doesn't matter how bad you mess up. Hallelujah. You cannot break the covenant of God through Jesus Christ. Right. That means, when I put that in Hebrew terms, that there's always hope. Hallelujah. That it's never too late. It's never over. It's never finished. Yeah. When the devil comes in and tells you you're going to die, I'm going to kill you, you've got this and you've got that, you've got this disease. Lord, I've said it before, and I told you every symptom that I had, if I spoke it out of my mouth, you would think that I was a hypochondriac. Are you hearing me? Praise God. The enemy will try to convince you that you've got this and you've got that. 
That's right. God said, I won't break covenant. Because there's a king coming out of David who would restore forever and all generations, past, present, and future. Coming from David. So listen, Hey, God, there's going to be consequences for that. I mean, he'll punish them, but I will not remove my steadfast love. Amen. In other words, if they'll repent. Yeah. Are you with me? He said, I will not remove my steadfast love. I will not break my covenant. Matter of fact, he said this in Jeremiah. said this, God said this through Jeremiah chapter 33. I love Jeremiah 33. 3. That's God's phone number. Yeah. Call upon my name and I will answer and I will show great and mighty things that you know not of. That's God's phone number. Amen. Jeremiah 33. 3. Call me. Call me. Call me. Call me. Call me. Just call me. Call me. Hallelujah. And let me show you things that you did not know. Let me reveal to you things about me that you've never seen before. But prior to that in verse 20, he was talking about his covenant. He will not break his promises. Because here's what he said. And I, you can stop the sun from rising in the morning. And you can stop the sun from setting at, in the evening. And the moon from shining at night. And you can dissolve the seasons of day and night. Then I'll break my covenant yeah. with David. But if you can't, then I'm never going to break my covenant with David. I've said it before. That's all right. Amen. His coming would not make sense. Right. Oh, you wouldn't be able to understand it. 
Oh, so just all of a sudden he shows up in Matthew chapter 1. Boodle bada bing bang. Hello, Jesus. <laughs> 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 we sure weren't expecting that, but anyhow, come on, come on. So we, we and, and anyhow, man's the one that separated the Old and New Testament. Yep. The Word was written from Genesis to Revelation. Separation, no chapters, no That's right. Man's the one that divided it up into chapters, verses, and books. Yep. Yeah. That hurt. Thank you, Jesus. For grace and mercy. Amen. That's right. So man did not separate, or, or, or God did not separate the old and the new. It was man that did. But we see between Malachi and Matthew, we know there were 400 years of silence. Silence. But here's the thing. Did the silence mean that the promise wouldn't come to pass? No. Somebody needs to hear that today. It's been a while since you've heard from the Lord. Since you've sensed his attention. But the silence doesn't mean that the promise won't come to pass. 400 years of silence. How do you keep a promise alive when there's no one preaching? Or teaching. There was no preaching or teaching. Between Malachi and Matthew 1, when Jesus showed up, when Jesus came. How do you keep a promise alive when there's no preaching or teaching? But listen, 400 years. So you're talking about generations passing out. Without there being any preaching or teaching, that there was hope on the way. That there was a Messiah who was going to come. And he was going to restore his people. He was going to rescue his people. He was going to redeem his people. There was a Messiah coming. There was a king coming. David's dead and gone now. Are you hearing me? Generations are passing and nobody's standing up preaching or teaching. How do you keep? That promise alive simply because somebody had a word inside of them. That's right. You have a word inside of you is how you keep the promise alive when there's silence. Come on, somebody. When you don't have anybody telling you that God's going to do it. When you don't have any reassurance. David is the one that said, sometimes I got to, amen, I've got to, amen, uh, encourage myself. Sometimes I'm the one that's got to tell me, me, you're going to be all right. Me, you're going to make it. Me, you're going to get me, you are called and chosen of God. Me, you, and God got this. Come on, somebody, do you hear that? Amen. But you don't have anybody else 
else, amen, surrounding you and telling you and encouraging you and you don't have a cheerleading team. Amen. I think we've got amen, too far into the me, me, me mentality. Amen. That's what's wrong with this generation entitlement. Hallelujah. It's not about us. Come on, somebody. Yes, that's right. I'm trying to finish here. Hallelujah. Amen. But you, amen, sometimes when you don't have anybody reminding you and you don't have any sign, you don't have any witness, and it looks like that your marriage is getting worse instead of getting better. It looks like that Bobby Joe is going farther down into the miry clay than he is coming out when it looks like that things are getting worse instead of getting better and you don't have hallelujah and it's silent hallelujah that's when you gotta testify what's been prophesied that's when you gotta have a word in you and that's why it's gotta be circumcision of the heart and not on the outward appearance cause when all hell comes against you amen and you are in the thick of the battle in the smoke of the battle it's not the fact that you're circumcised that's going to get you through. All the works that you've done for the kingdom are not going to get you through. But when you've got faith in here and you know that he is your God and you are his and that he promised, I will never break covenant with you, my God. I will never break my covenant with you. And if I give you a promise, you've got a promise and a word in here. If I give it to you, you can bring it to Astronomers, people study the stars, 
It's Satan that perverted it and made it, made it astrology. All of the all of the all of the signs of the stars, all of that, God established all that. That's all Hebrew in origin. What Satan did was just made it perverted. Are you understanding me? It don't predict nothing. But somebody was looking for him because when they saw that star, we talked about it for that North Star line enough, and they saw that come, they're like, Ooh, wait a minute, that's the king's star. That's the king's star. We haven't seen that, but the king is here. The king is somewhere. Where is he at? Amen. For almost two years, they followed that star until they come to where Jesus was. Come on, somebody. Do you understand me? Hallelujah. Talk about, talk about, wait, talk about Bless the name of Jesus. Help me to not go here, but oh, they took Jesus in. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen to dedicate him. Amen to the Lord. Amen into the temple. There was, a, hallelujah, Anna. There was Simeon. They had a word in their heart. Hallelujah. They'd been testifying what had been prophesied. It had been silent, but somebody had reminded them that there was hope on the horizon. Somebody reminded them what was prophesied. And they testified and they waited in the temple. Hallelujah for it to come. And when Mary and Joseph came in with Jesus, Simeon said, this is what my heart has been longing for. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, somebody. He's about to suddenly come into the temple. And you're about to see your promise fulfilled. But until then, testify what's been prophesied. He would be the son of David. That was prophesied in the Old Testament. Remember 2 Samuel chapter 7 verse 10 said, I, 13, I will establish the throne forever and I will establish his kingdom. Of course we know that when Jesus came, he left. And so there they are again. Because just before his crucifixion, he come riding through Amen, Jerusalem on the donkey. They were laying their coats and palm branches and crying, Hoshiana, Hoshiana, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord because they, they believed he was going to be king. They just thought he was going to set up that earthly kingdom. Right. And Jesus looked out over and he said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to bring you in like a, like a hen with her chicks. But you didn't see it. So now, after Jesus... In Acts 15, we see the kingdom continuing, but it's still not fulfilled. It's continuing through Paul and Barnabas and Peter and James. Come on. These the, 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 the Gentiles and the, the, the coming of the Holy Spirit, everything we see, we see that it was it was it was it was uh, still coming, it was continuing. But it wasn't yet fulfilled, so his kingdom here on earth. That's why he said the kingdom is in you. We bring heaven here. Come on now. We bring the kingdom here. And see, here's the thing. Hallelujah. There, there were there were three cultural requirements for for a king. One was an anointing, two was a testing, three was the coronation. David was anointed. God spoke to Samuel and said, you'll go in. And I will tell you which one. 
Jesse despised David's place as his son because it brought embarrassment to him. Because according to history, David was Jesse's illegitimate son. He was a son of an affair. Yet still a son. Jesus help me. And who did God choose? He put him out in the field. But, but, but what, what did God say to David in 2 Samuel? I pulled you out from the sheep coat. Yes. I pulled you among the sheep. Listen to me. Hallelujah. God's brought you out. You don't sit no more. Come on, somebody. Yeah, that's right. I'm telling you, you got to understand that God has anointed you. He has pulled you out. You don't smell like your past. You don't smell like your sin. You don't smell like the alcohol. You don't smell like the marijuana and the drugs. You don't smell like the smoke of your sin. I need somebody to hear me in this place. He's pulled you out and he's anointed you. Hallelujah. Why do I know that? Because the kingdom is continuing, but it hasn't been fulfilled. Jesus hasn't come yet. Because when Jesus comes here, I'm getting ahead of myself. Hallelujah. He's going to once and for all establish the kingdom. I don't know who God is talking to this morning. But you need to get up. Hallelujah. The Father is calling you. Come out from among that sheep. Come. You don't have to smell yeah. You don't have to look like that. You don't have to be covered in sheep dung. Hallelujah. Amen. David wrote Psalms. He prayed in the sheep dung. Who am I talking to? Somebody Hallelujah. You want to know how, how 
Hallelujah. We're still standing. You want to know how the anointing, amen, saves in your life. You want to know how. You want to know why. You want to know that. Hallelujah. To get to that place and you've been tested. Hallelujah. So if you're tested right now, come on, somebody, do you hear me? That's why you're being tested. Because there's somebody coming up after you. It's going to be Father's Day next Sunday. Dads, you've been called to be the priest of your home. You know why you're being tested? Because. Somebody's watching you. Somebody's following you. That's right. Somebody help me in this place. And if they're not careful, they're going to mimic what you do. They're going to mimic who you are. So hallelujah, praise God. You better know that you're anointed. You better come out from among that sheep dung. Hallelujah. Better let the test. Hallelujah. Prove that your anointing is faithful. Amen. That's right. This continues the kingdom here on earth. Until it's established forever. That's right. David was crowned king. He got a coronation, but it was only temporary. Jesus was never crowned on earth. Not only were the crown of thorns, but you know, he was never crowned as king here on earth. But he will be. Yes, he will. When he returns. That's right. Yes, Amen. Every and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. Yeah, that's and when right. He returns riding on that white horse, his vesture, yeah. man, dipped in blood, yeah. and written on his side. King yeah. of all kings. Never has there been a king. King. That's what King of Kings is. Amen. You think you see the King? God bless America. God bless the UK. I know Charles was just crowned as a King. Amen. Everybody's all happy and excited. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God that you ain't never seen a King like the one that's coming. Hallelujah. And until he comes, you got to testify what's been prophesied. Because he said, as sure as I came the first time, hallelujah, I will come again. And I will receive you. Who is you? You who are his. That's right. Amen. When he returns. But can I tell you who else? We will. You know who else? We'll see the crown. Those who stand the test. We already established kings and priests. I didn't write it, he did. We've already been anointed kings and priests. We're just going to receive a crown. We're going to receive that prize. Yes, sir. Amen. That reward for enduring everything. Listen, it's easy to quit. It's easy to quit. It's easy to walk away. It's easy to stay down when you fall. It's getting up. Yeah, and believing it's hard. Yeah. And moving on and washing yourself yeah. off. And believing that what you're not seeing is going to come to pass is the true test yes. of endurance. That's right. you got to testify what's been prophesied. What's what did John say as they come to the music? What did John say in the book of Revelation? He said the testimony of Jesus is what? The spirit of prophecy. So the word, the Old Testament and the New Testament points to the coming of Jesus as the fulfillment of the kingdom. 
That means Jesus is the common theme of all prophecy. And all prophecy, which this is prophecy. Can I tell you that? I'm prophesying to you today. I've been prophesying to you for the last hour. Declaring the word of God. Declaring what is. It's prophecy. Yea, I say unto you. It's not just a gift. That's right. Because Jesus should be the common theme of all prophecy. And it should call all prophecy should cause you to worship him alone. If a prophecy causes you to worship a ministry, to worship a man, to worship an act, to worship something wrong, your heart is not circumcised. Jesus is the word. And prophecy ultimately points us to God. So every prophecy God has given to you points us to him. So I don't know who's here today and you're struggling. Let me first talk to you that are in the sit on the field. Remember the prodigal son when he found himself in the hall pen rolling the mud. He wasn't even offered the husks. He said, if I, if I could just have that. He found himself down there. Golly. Stakes being here. It's nasty being here. It's not pleasant. Who wants to wake up with their face in hall manure? to wake up knee deep in wholeness. Somebody in here that woke up this morning face down in wholeness. Some of you are been praying, you've been talking to God but you still smell like you passed. You still smell like the sheep story from the prodigal son, the father was waiting. In the other story of David, the father was calling. So whether he's calling you today, he said, I've anointed you. The kingdom is not yet fulfilled. you believe here. 